Section three of An Itinerant House and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. An Itinerant House and Other Stories by Emma Frances Dawson. Singed Moths. In Yorkshire, England, night moths are called souls poor moth thy fate my own resembles what gained we little moth thy ashes thy one brief parting pang may show and withering thoughts for soul that dashes from deep to deep are but a death more slow from garlisle's tragedy of the night moth catherine's diary june twenty one waiting for elizabeth to-night charlotte and i sat in silence unbroken save by the slight sounds of our work while i pay court to a new one-eyed despot i want to ask if you have thought that this is midsummer eve i asked at last with a scornful laugh but feeling more like crying as i stopped the sewing machine for a new needle no is it charlotte asked with a long sigh and soon looking up from her desk to add now i have spoiled that last sheet of legal cap you made me think of our long with colored lanterns our lace dresses wide roman sashes diamonds and whole pearls the kind men and fond women and instead of city and county of san francisco s s i wrote strauss waltzes and strawberry ices how could you well said i i had been thinking all day of the change our gloves and boots too shabby for daylight hats years old black silks that knew some of our old tea fights and have to be court plastered like beaten pugilist our dread to see things wear out or break because not sure of new ones even which should pay car fare kept for a loaf of bread our only caller said charlotte the landlady for her rent neither time nor money for books or papers theatre concert sale and drive joys for us no more than if we were ghosts shunned said i except for insult by those in our old rank of life as if with our money went our culture wit sense and purity innocent souls said charlotte forced to toil fourteen or sixteen hours a day while the vile wretch at san quentin works eight or ten and sleeps with no care for food or rent a steady grind of small economies i went on that are both comic and cruel a struggle for ten cents worth of flour one candle five cents worth of sugar seventy-five cent boots and twenty-five cent gloves forced to think said charlotte of claims due the unyielding body and forget there can be joys the spirit needs that we ever knew sunrise parties on horseback garden-shaded hammocks at noon sea sands at sunset or serenades by moonlight in san francisco said i we know neither the fireside glow thrown on our old silver laden sideboard in winter nor the foreign travel of our summers nor the red and yellow woods of fall we saw 
for marble terrace overlooking our landscape garden with its lake and swiss cottage where the trees looked as if seen through the stained windows of our great library outdoors said she we see only wind-blown dust or rain indoors we know our work and an hysterical sort of good spirits our past in the east i said is gone like a dream folks treat us as though with our lost money went our brains not all said she only exceptions that prove the rule i answered after another hour of quiet charlotte lighted a fire filled the tea-kettle and spread the cloth we will have a party supper she said elizabeth will be tired and hungry if we had flour and a bit of suet i have nearly forgotten what butter is we could have griddle cakes if we had this or that we could have the other what will you have broiled chicken custard pie and citron cake oyster soup quail on toast and an omelette souffle i replied if wishes were horses beggars might ride if wishes were fishes we'd have some fried perhaps elizabeth will bring something said charlotte as she set a cup of milk and a five-cent loaf of bread on the table she was to get some sewing from the wortleys they make it for some cake don't i cried it vexes my pride to take such gifts yet i am so tired of potatoes and salt and milk and water and owing for the potatoes and milk said charlotte grimly even the five dollars elizabeth will get for playing for the wortley's children party ought to go in how many ways all to the grocer or for rent for coal for milk or to get dresses dyed or oh dear it is after eleven she must come soon now here she is elizabeth came upstairs tired and out of breath with two small jars which she set on the table saying more frill and no shirt pickles and jam the housekeeper gave me good soul she didn't know what a farce it was that we had nothing to eat with them that the scent of dinner and houses i passed going there to-night made me feel ill we laughed but our voices were full of tears in the children's lesson to-day said elizabeth we read what i felt as they could not about the pagan goddess of death hell in the realm of the cold storm hunger is her table starvation her knife delay her man slowness her maid precipice her threshold care her bed burning anguish the hangings of her room oh don't i cried the water boils come we will play it as tea but we must sweeten it with smiles as we have no sugar no one came to see the room i suppose said elizabeth as we gathered round the table though i answered at the notice so quickly nor any one to take lessons no said charlotte nothing has happened except that biddy has sent us some coal and wood think of our old servant coming to own this house and letting us the upper part swelling round in a big fur cloak and showing us charity bah never mind said charlotte 
her good heart gave her grace to say the fairies sent it we are lucky to have such a friend when i have got word that as someone will do the work cheaper this is the last of my copying we all sighed elizabeth said i i thought mrs wortley was to send some sewing by you mrs wortley said elizabeth did not like it because i played something more than dance music when asked to by one of her guests and outshone her daughter so i have lost my place as governess charlotte and i groaned oh charlotte said elizabeth haven't you got some verses to read us to-night charlotte searched her papers and read better days what pathos sounds within the common phrase on careless tongues they have known better days as if for them were dimmed the sun's gold rays the dazzling miracle of winter's snow the festal pomp of summer's blossoms show were seen by them through veil of sombre haze god help poor souls on whom that burden lays they walk through narrow crooked lonely ways look on their darkened life in sore amaze to care and sorrow and regret fast bound to toil and moil in endless chain-gang round and almost view the past as madman's craze rare is the soul that sympathy betrays as if they lose all claim to blame or praise or from their poverty contagion strays chafed raw by rough and seamy side of life they stagger wounded crippled by the strife and often lost within the novel maze of all the blessings that the soul portrays when as the heart sick and world-weary prays we shall sometimes see heaven's glories blaze naught can surpass the certainty of this that once within that sphere of perfect bliss our thoughts can never turn to better days when charlotte paused elizabeth was crying but i said we will have good times you must not despair if you do not marry i will i do not mean to dress st catherine's hair in the next world as the old saying has it that a maid must and i chanted the old prayer a husband st catherine a handsome one st catherine a rich one st catherine a nice one st catherine and soon st catherine position before money said elizabeth biddy would say love before money said charlotte no said i money 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 think of our heart aches and headaches not only the picturesque of life but the comforts denied us all for lack of money i would marry the devil if he were rich oh catherine they cried i would i would said i striking my fist on the table one might be tempted said elizabeth to charlotte who nodded there could be inducements said she the clock struck twelve the house shook and the windows jarred was that a shock of earthquake charlotte asked only a blast of wind said elizabeth no i said 
there's someone knocking at the outside door it is too late to open it said charlotte nonsense i cried bright moonlight and the three of us let us all go if not fate for one of us we can be the three fates for him they unwillingly followed me but at the last moment i shrank and it was elizabeth who opened the door a man who did not look quite strange to us stood on the steps pardon me he said taking off his hat i followed you from mrs wortley's but did not start in time to overtake you i heard you say you had a room to let can you excuse my coming at this untimely hour and let me see it we looked at each other it would not do to lose a chance of a lodger we let him in a true american plain thin sharp-faced alert and confident he wanted to avoid bad smells he said he left his last quarters on that account he took the room paid a month's rent and said he would come in the morning when he had gone we took hands and danced round our table spread with duke humphrey's dinner see what midsummer's eve has brought us at that moment the front door blew open a wild gust of wind tore through the house and put out the light as we felt round the dark charlotte said there was something uncanny about that man i am sorry he is coming so am i said elizabeth but i thought i ought not to say so i feel the same i said but is it not as uncanny to be without money and over a sputtering candle burning blue we all nodded at each other like so many doomed witches charlotte's diary august fifteen it does not now seem that less than two months ago we were in despair mr orne's taken the room and the ease with which he helped us to find work more fit for us has been such relief i have gone back to my pictures and elizabeth to her music catherine picked up in the street some money for which no owner could be found that has paid half our debts our handsome dark spanish-looking lodger who tells me he is a poor devil-may-care artist went with me up on the flat roof to-night to see a fine sunset strangely far-sighted more like eagle than mart he saw things out of the range of most people's vision and told me of ships far at sea the great cross on lone mountain stood out black against scarlet clouds while above stretched shadowy shapes as of angels it reminds me i said of an ecstasy of saint francis of assisi in the little chapel of santa croce a milan a cross standing up dark and strong in shade a figure in friar's ropes borne up in the gloom as if floating on it his arms lifted to arms of some vision he sees he gave one of his odd scornful laughs what could the vision tell him he asked the angels know all i said not everything he answered there are three things they do not know what are they the day of the second advent men's hearts and the number of the elect then they have no tongues i thought 
i must try to reform this strange soul don't you remember your bible i asked i know all about job jethro and balaam he answered they studied sorcery this view changes like magic i said all may be fog save where the sun rises a blood-red ball on its image in the bay the two a huge pillar of fire like sign and portent or soul rift at noon a sheet of gold holding the shipping in black outlines or sky all blue the bay looks a brook to be spanned by foot plank the city seems of toy houses the golden gate a mountain hemmed lake or the city shrunk into a patch of black mist the bay is a great sheet of quicksilver or the city stretches everywhere mountains and bay are withdrawn in vague sad distance it is like the views one takes in changing moods of the other world he seemed amused what do you know of the other world he asked as much as any one what do you think about it said i nothing he replied wait till you go there yourself all that has been fancied about it does not near the truth people are much surprised when they die and he laughed long and low as if all to himself at some secret thought angels came in dreams in bible times i said i once had a dream which was a great comfort to me i thought i asked someone if we were immortal and should meet our friends he answered you ought to know by your own spirit has your spirit never deceived you asked our lodger does it not daily tell you wrong for or against things you would do or think i sighed to have to own how often my own thought had duped me what strange power this man has like a baleful star to stir doubt in my heart but my first distrust of him is gone instead he seems more like someone dear to me of old by a fine sympathy he often seems to know before i speak what i am about to say as if he read my mind if evil there's also good i began he frowned there's too much light he cried and we came indoors as i went down the stairs i looked back saw his swarthy face in the fiery glow of the sunset and saw for an instant a wonderful model for a picture of the prince of darkness elizabeth's diary august thirty our lodger who proves a thorough magician though he tells me he is heir to a proud foreign title seems like an old friend now i am used to his odd blonde beauty he took me to-night to hear faust it was brought out with more care than often given the voice is sweet and well trained the acting good but mr orne was restless and laughed at it all and it had not so vivid a charm for me as before though i shuddered at the weird warnings that in the overture with mystic awe hint all the tragic love tale where i asked him has the music fled when the instrument is broken it seems like a soul you do not know he answered of any hereafter for your own soul no 
said I, but neither do we know all the hidden chances for bliss or woe in our lives. That we do not know does not make them less there. Swayed by this music, he said, you are not the same person who left home. Self thus made and unmade each moment. One is but a drift of atoms, unlikely to meet again. Is it chance, or are we clockwork? I said as the opera went on, and I was filled with a sense of the folly of striving against fate. Or are we ruled by unearthly powers as these instruments are played upon, and forced to yield certain strains? That is not for you to know, he said. Perhaps, said I, vibrations from angels' choirs jar us like the atoms of Cladney into our places. Then an infernal chorus, said he, may cause the discord of awful crimes. Yes, I said, a spell from hell. What can the real Mephisto think of this stage copy? It is as if a wild bloom tried to be a hot house flower, he said. How would you like a crude mockery of yourself? As we sat there, I could almost fancy in him a queer, flitting likeness to the Mephistopheles before us, like an image in a brook, shaken and changed by speaking to him. While the music stirred me as wind blows a leaf, I saw so many unmoved faces in the crowd that I asked him, Why does the effect of music vary on different persons? Because, said he, in music the unearthly touches the human. Some have no soul, no vital spark to move like Tyndale's sensitive flame, which shrinks at a hiss, thrills at a jar, and leaps at a waltz. Music seems to me, I said, as if we heard a spirit trying to take bodily shape, but failing. Like that Mephisto there, he said. And after we reached home, he still scoffed at the singer's makeup and acting. Why, even his laugh, said he, had not the true ring. This is the way he should have looked and laughed. And he doned my cloak with its tasseled hood above his head in a grotesque shape, and gave a wild laugh which sent cold chills over us, and made Biddy, passing along the hall, stop and cross herself. You have frightened Biddy, I said. Oh, no, he said. It is her own soul that scares her. Then he brought his violin, and play Tartini's dream for a good night, to make you dream, he told us. How strange it is, I said, that dreams else forgotten sometimes come back to us at the sound of music. If they could only be brought again and finished, said Catherine, you might read the letter which lately came to you, Charlotte. What was that? he asked with keen interest. Charlotte read to him her verse, unknown. To me, what could that note reveal which glimmered through my dream? Large, white, with an unbroken seal, from whom twas sent, no gleam. 
like planets wheel our dreams conceal strange hints of life's hid scheme was it from friend and distant star or one on earth in sleep or that twin soul whose path lies far from waking glances sweep or sent to mar all joys that are where dreamland shadows creep the music score of demon band or summons to witch ball or form of compact wily planned and signed with mystic scrawl from fairy land or goblin damned to hold my soul in thrall did my good angel send me balm for heart too ill at ease perhaps a spray from heavenly palm as signal of release or tale of charm in that fair calm to cheer and give me peace what were its contents grave or glad reply to all i ask when worn and weary baffled mad despairing at life's task i would have had the reason sad not wear its iron mask was it a message from the dead of hope or warning sign accursed be whatever led my soul from sleep divine ere a note unread in that dream fled i often muse and pine do not open a letter which comes in your sleep said mr orne plainly vexed at such nonsense evil spirits are as likely to be near as good ones the world of sleep is their carnival charlotte looked pale and startled catherine laughed i do not need to dream said i i have other warnings what sort he asked eagerly oh a little bird tells me i said take care said he as he left us it may be the bird of the amazon the lost soul biddy gossips sit down mrs o'shane i can talk an iron too did ye mind the gentleman who went out as ye came in he's the strange lodger though he's been here since june and it's now the middle of september he is and always will be the strange lodger the ladies upstairs are greatly taken with him but what they can like i can't think him with his club foot his hair and two curls like horns his sly cruel eyes with small whites to them his foxy pointed ears and claw fingers the first morning he was here i was on the front steps coming from market when he went out and the sight of him made me cross myself he gave me a scowl that was hard scalding and he just seemed to melt in the air like a flash he was gone so quick with his flame-colored hair and whiskers like the judas beard in the garden his hollow back too thin to cast a shadow and his feet of an uneven size sure god's writing is plain enough it gives me a turn to hear his knock for he'll not touch the bell it is no work for them to care for his room he never seems to have moved anything 
they wondered why the plant died in the hanging basket in the hall but i saw him rush by it one day it was that killed it then he nearly crazes me making the wildest music on his fiddle it's always the sly lad that takes to playing on that and there's nothing plain and open about him the tree sisters are charmed with him entirely but the sight i got of him one night was enough for me warning for anybody he had taken elizabeth to the theatre and after they came back he caught her opera cloak as it was slipping from her shoulders to the floor and threw it over himself with a pointed hood on his head sticking up like a horn ugh what a devil he looked i wondered what was in his nose then and he gave a screech of a laugh that curdled my blood and set my hair on end sure he's one of those ye ought to hate at sight and ye may know if you have much to do with him ye will come to be ready to travel many a hard mile to hear the dirt fall on their coffins even the cat there knows more than the three women grave and still as she is she knows what bad spirits have powered midsummer eve and that was the night the queer man came i tell ye i think he sort of bewitched the sisters they even think that they're with him when i know they are not one'll be telling me of going to a concert with him the same afternoon another says to me she was walking with him and the other will speak of his being with her here in the house they're not much better off than before he came but they think they are lone worried women take odd notions they're just out of their heads about him but they'll come to grief mind ye mind ye he who eats with the devil has need of a long spoon perhaps they think it's in love they are but it's not love it's not the feeling i had for patrick which made me not care whether he had cabin and pig or not don't mind me i have to wipe away the tears when i think of him though his grave is far away as ireland and twenty-five years can make it but when ye have known the real thing ye can tell what is sham no they are thinking of what they'll get not of the man must ye go wait till i open the door for ye stay do ye see that tall figure there a little lame skulking up the street in the moonlight cape on the other side of the way and count your beads as ye go and don't look at him for he has the evil eye run now for he always moves so quick i can think of nothing but what i once heard the priest say in a sermon and i beheld satan like lightning fallen from heaven end of section three read by angelique g campbell